This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. On the line, a lady whose water tanks runneth over. It's Alma Pollard. Good morning, Alma Pollard, Executive Director of the Green Times. Good morning. Yes, aren't we blessed with all this water? I wish we had more tanks and more ways to capture it for reuse, particularly in the east, and, and send it to the Eastern Cape, Alma, where they've got uh, taps that have run dry. Honestly, you know, it never rains but pours, huh? It's but so here strange. with us, I mean, I, I was just telling you that, you know, my because I've naturalized my pool, my pool mm. is also a water reservoir, which is really helpful because the tanks fill up in no time. Yes. So come summer, we have some water storage. But I really wish that the government would also subsidize the water tanks, as I know they do in Australia, for example, because every person should have one. Mm. It would be good. So let's put that out to the universe to respond to our need. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Alma, I'm looking at the story. The one I shared very briefly on was the one uh, speaking of preparing for fire season, which felt like such a weird thing to read. Uh, in the second week of June, but the reality of it is the climate is changing and land use is changing and wildfires are going to become more frequent and more intense. Absolutely. So, I mean, for two weeks we here on the Cape had extremely hot and dry weather conditions and, and, and burgreens and everything else. And I was wearing a summer dress and bare legs in the middle of the winter, which has <laughs> honestly never happened before and I've lived here my entire life. And so... Consequently, we had this massive wildfire here in in, um, in the Helderberg where I live. Mm. And, I mean, five people lost their properties. It went on for days and days because the weather remained hot. So the hot weather turn, turns the vegetation into a, a tinderbox and it ignites spontaneously. And we've seen that with uh, the Nisna fires and all the other Cape Town fires. But these are normally, they normally occur in the summer. Even then, they're terrible and devastating, and that's not controlled fainbos fire, so people mustn't confuse those. But this is midwinter, so this is just, it really was freaky for me, and uh, it just draws the attention back on the issue of wildfires, and they are increasing worldwide due to climate change mm. and what we can do about that. I think it's important that we unpack that. I was watching an interesting documentary over the weekend that uh, was dealing specifically with Australia and their wildfires and claiming that it's absolutely natural and we know that it is. It's, but the problem is that so many of uh, the, the natural forests have been removed by man that now we've changed the way that the wildfires there work so they are far more devastating than they need to be because we've come in obviously messed with the natural order of things. Uh, and I found that yes. to be quite fascinating. So again, our so, yes, in interference yes. is causing the problems. Land use changes uh, really plays a very big, important role here. So the rapid urbanization and people are living closer to to the natural vegetation. They call it the wildland urban interface mm. um, due to rapid um, urbanization. But also worldwide, five times more wildfires over the couple of decades. Mm. Um, and also they burn... Um, Six times longer and hotter. So I mean, that, these are all these things are all intensifying. They are no longer just normal natural wildfires. So the fire seasons also get longer. As you can see here, we have suddenly a fire in the winter. So the season has stretched into winter, which we've just never had before. Mm. 
And this also goes for places like Siberia and, and Antarctica, places like that that never used to burn. So um, climate change, which is more and more now again called uh, global warming because it is so important that the heat is really the, the springboard of all the other consequences, um, is the important issue. And this, this now comes from a new um, report that was published by the United Nations Environment program called Spreading Like Wildfire, The Rising Threat of Extraordinary Landscape Fires. Mm. So, so they're saying, yeah. yeah, which I find very interesting, they're saying the problem is that up to now, um, the money <clears throat> spent on looking after fires, or it's not spent in the proper way. They're saying that they need you, we need two-thirds of money spent on planning, prevention, and readiness and recovery, and one-third on reaction. But currently, 50% is spent on reaction and 1% is spent on planning. So that's the big shift that they're asking for wild, uh, worldwide. They're also asking for uh, stronger international security standards and, 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 and for the health of firefighters so that people will be more aware and more mm. organized in terms of the support of, of, of firefighters, because we know we've had uh, two, two of us ended up in hospital yeah. because they get, you know, um, um, respiratory problems, even heart problems. And what people aren't even mentioning that I now happen to know is that they also very often get kidney failure because oh. kidneys hate smoke. So that's one of the first things, by the way, that people do when they get um, kidney problems is they have to give up smoking. Smoke and, and kidneys don't go together. So um, they, they're saying that we need to promote international legislation to look at the planning and prevention of and adaptation to the higher risk because we know it's going to occur more and we have to take special precautions now to make sure that we look after the, the salt in the first place, which, for example, mm. uh, encroachment of humans also encroaches on places like sensitive um, ecosystems like, uh, like wetlands. And, and that, of course, impacts on indigenous species so that there needs to be building on, at a distance from natural felt, and also there must be buffer zones. I mean, we've had that experience here because I live on a green on a green belt as well. Mm. You know, people love to live near nature, but but we have to now really. The call is for understanding fires better because the man in the street doesn't really understand fires. So to be able to look at our situation where you know the felt there's a wetland there on the house which got Tinder, tinder dry during a summer, ignited and started rushing towards our houses. I mean, mm. that's what happened. So mm. we have to know how these things work, how we can prevent it and, be, and get organized. Uh, we had a conversation at 7.30 this morning around the, the water crisis was one of the topics that was brought up um, in the news headlines. And the comment was made. Uh, oftentimes the wealthier folk or the riches, as he mentioned, can deal with some of these things because they can just go and buy water or pay for a tanker to come and bring them water. It's always the poorest in the uh, poorer people who have to suffer because they're not able to do that. And in the same way here in your story, you highlight the, the inequality also uh, affects the poorest nations in the world uh, when it comes to wildfires, which I find quite fascinating, Alma. Absolutely. Well, the thing is... The entire impact of climate change always hits the poor the worst. 
because of, of lack of adaptation ability. Yeah, they can't just, okay, claim from, from insurance and, and now I can replace my house. Not that that's a small issue at all. I know this. It's very difficult for, for people, for anybody who loses a house. But adaptation is easier if you have more resources. So worldwide, they're saying the impact on poorer people um, is far more immense. And that's, that goes for all climate change. So I... I remember distinctly, I actually switched on. Mm. I would let you know on this whole climate change thing when long ago there was an article in one of our newspapers and the huge heading was climate change is a social injustice. And that's when I thought, my word, that ticks all the boxes for me. Mm. I'm going to take this on. And that was said by Bishop Tutu. Mm. He was the first one to make that connection. And that is why it's so important in South Africa also that people understand if we want to look after our people, we have to respond to the climate change um, threat. And this is also what they're calling for here, is that people would increase their commitment to fighting climate change because this is one of the important things that we can do. And we have to improve our our legislation and and policies Mm. to make sure that we actually take the issue on head on. And I would go further to say, I really have this idea in my head that we have to have a a disaster response plan Mm. where every adult in South Africa knows exactly what he must do when there is some other disaster, a flood or a fire or one of these climate change consequences, because we will have more of them. So that you don't have to wonder and suddenly start thinking, what can I do? So that you actually know exactly what your, what your role is, because everybody should have a role. Alma, we'll leave it there for this morning. Thanks for your passion. Thanks for the information that often goes amiss. And thanks for the fresh ideas that you bring to the table. Who knows, someone listening right now can say, this is a good idea, let's run with it. The voice of Alma Pollard, she's an eco-consultant and coach and the executive director of The Green Times, the story we've been talking about this morning and many, many other great stories that uh, often go um, missed because they don't form part of uh, mainstream media. You'll find this and you need to be reading thegreentimes.co.za. Alma, thanks so much and here's to a wonderfully green Wednesday. Awesome. Keep warm. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.